It is such a blessing to be here in the house of God one more time. Well, we're getting ready to start a new sermon series, a new sermon series today uh, entitled Real ID. And so we're excited to be able to share the word of God uh, to this Sunday and the next two Sundays. Uh, we're going to be sharing from this uh, this series, and so we're looking forward to how God is going to use this series to minister to each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to get right into the Word of God, Genesis chapter 32, Genesis chapter 32, and as you're turning there, we also want to welcome all of you who are watching us online. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and worshiping with us. Please share this uh, and be a blessing to someone else. Genesis chapter 32 Genesis chapter 32. Uh, if you go into the back of the Bible, you're going to the wrong spot. Uh, so, so Genesis chapter 32. Uh, Genesis chapter 32. We're going to start here at verse 22. And it reads as this. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent them over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. The man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he could not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and ripped it out of socket. Then the man said, let me go for dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. For now on, your name will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Penel, which means face of God. For well, he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Penel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. I want to talk to you from the subtitle, Access Granted. Everyone shout, Access Granted. Uh, look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you've been given access. That's the wrong neighbor. Look at another neighbor on the other side. They, they didn't really agree with you. Look at the other neighbor and say, neighbor. You have access. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Access granted. And so I don't know about you, uh, but uh, I don't uh, every now and then like to go to this particular place because I know I'm going to be there all day. And uh, back in Maryland, we call it the, the DMV, but here we call it PennDOT. And we know that if you're getting ready to go to PennDOT, you will be there all day. And so, uh, so when I, 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 when I went to PennDOT uh, for my first time when I moved here to Pennsylvania, I got this thing called a driver's license. And uh, who would have thought waiting in line and turning in all these different paperworks will basically present me this little card? This card is very important. And you know, each and every one of us in this room have this little card, and it's called a driver's license. And if you, okay, for me, it took me until uh, I was 22 years old till I got my driver's license, so I had an ID. Okay, let's just say it like that. I had an ID. And so, uh, as you may or may not know, in 2005, the federal government had issued a new federal law that by May 3rd, 2023, all U.S. citizens are required to turn in their current ID 
and exchange it for a new ID known as the real ID. When I first heard of the name real ID and I sat back and I thought and I said, does this mean my current ID is not accurate? Is my current ID not my true identity? Is my current ID not real? In 2023, the law shows that if we do not turn in our old ID and accept the new ID, we won't get access to the airports and the federal facilities. So basically, it is simply saying, if I want access, I need to turn in the old and embrace the new. I would have to turn in my current ID and to get the real ID. Stay with me. In our text this morning, we read about a man by the name of Jacob, and, and as we see here, he's the son of Isaac and Rebekah. Uh, Jacob was, the, uh, was, the, uh, was uh, in his mother's womb, and the Bible communicates to us that he was there wrestling with his twin brother by the name of Esau to ensure that he came out first so he could receive the birthright. During the time of our text, we, we understand that the firstborn child will receive the birthright blessing. So since he did not come out first, later in life, he stole his brother's blessing from his father. As Jacob gets older, he later on sees his future wife, Rachel, and Jacob then and goes and asks Rachel's father, Laban, for her hand. The Bible then tells us that Jacob worked seven years for Rachel, and Laban actually gives Jacob his unattractive daughter. And the Bible tells us that he was determined to get Rachel, and so he worked seven more years, and then he was able to marry Rachel. And now it brings us to the scene of our text, and Jacob is in his second wrestling match in his life. The first wrestling match was when he was in his mother's womb, fighting with his brother. And now we're at the scene of our text, and he is wrestling with a man. Many theologians will say that this was no mere man. This was a divine manifestation. Many scholars will go so far by saying that this was Jesus in the Old Testament before he is born in the New Testament. As Jacob wrestles with Jesus, we can read by, by the end of the wrestling match, Jesus changes Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel, which shows us it ultimately changes Jacob's life. In this text, we see here that when we encounter Jesus, he gives us the opportunity to turn in our old identity and embrace the new, which then gives us to access to life change. Let me say that one more time. When we encounter Jesus, he gives us the opportunity to turn in our old identity and embrace the new, which then gives us access to life change. You may say, Pastor Rodney, uh, how do I get access granted? Well, the first thing, the first thing the text teaches us, the first thing, if you want to write this down, is that you need to confess the identity you accepted. Everyone shout, confess. Yeah, we need to confess the identity that we once accepted. The Bible is no stranger to customs, but names were not given to appeal to parents, but names were given to reflect one's character. 1 Samuel 25, 25 says, like his name, so is he. So during the time of our text, it shows us that names were given to predict at birth what the purpose uh, or the person's character will consequently turn out to be. Rebecca names her son Jacob. 
Jacob means trickster, fraud, supplanter, heel grabber. And as we read of the meaning of this uh, name of Jacob, we see that his activity actually proves that his name is indicative to his character. When, when we, we see here that when he's in his mother's womb, the Bible says that he grabs a hold of his brother's heel because he wants to come out first. Then later on in life, he tricks his father to get his brother's blessing. But now we understand here, my brothers and sisters, that Jacob's name is not a name that he gave to himself. This was a name that Jacob accepted. Being a trickster, being a fraud is not a characteristic that he gave himself. It is an identity that he accepted because someone else gave it to him. Stay with me. My question to you today, my brothers and sisters, is have you accepted an identity from someone or somebody else? As we look at the text, we understand that Jacob's life, he wanted the birthright blessing, which belonged to his brother Esau. Now, Jacob's father, Isaac, is blind at the time during the time of our text because of his old age. But Isaac was at this particular place and he was only able to recognize his son by sound and by touch. His brother Esau was a hairy guy, and so Jacob put on sheep clothing to try to trick his father so he could steal the birthright. You know, there's a story about uh, this guy who was looking for a job, and one day he went to uh, the zoo, and when he went to the zoo, he saw this sign that says, uh, jobs available today, apply today. So he went in, and he applied for a job, and when he applied for this particular job, uh, he, when he did this, uh, the, the man said, hey, I'm going to hire you right on the spot. Uh, he said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, well, uh, we have a problem. Uh, we're getting ready to open uh, this museum. Uh, uh, we've had the pandemic happen, but we need to open up this museum. Museum and, uh, and we need to open up this zoo, but, but, but we have a problem. We have a problem. And he said, well, what's the problem? He said, our gorilla died. And he said, uh, uh, so what does that have to do with me? He said, well, I need you to put on this gorilla suit and I need you to be a gorilla. And so, so he said, okay, uh, as long as I get paid, I'll do whatever you say. So, so he put on this gorilla suit, and when he put on this gorilla suit, he went in the cage, and when he went in the cage, he was there acting like a gorilla. They, they opened up the zoo. Many kids came to the zoo, and, and when they came to the zoo, this little kid started throwing peanuts. And, and, and every time they threw peanuts at him, uh, this, this man this, in this gorilla suit would do a trick. And, uh, the, and, and the man loved peanuts so much, he started doing all these different tricks and everything. Then he started getting on a tree and hanging on the tree and everything. And they started throwing peanuts. And, 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 and as he's on this, this tree, the tree limb breaks and he falls down into the lion's den. He, he's down in this lion's den and he's trying to get this suit off, can't get this suit off. And he's screaming and hollering. And he said, hey, get me out of here. I'm getting ready to get eaten up. He's trying to get the suit off. Nobody can recognize. They think that is a gorilla. He's trying to get the suit off because the lions are coming closer and closer and closer. As he's getting closer, he's trying to get the suit off, but he can't get it off because the, 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 the zipper is, is tight. And he's trying to get it off. And the lion's getting closer and closer. And the man is screaming. And the lion jumps on him and say, shut up, you're getting ready to get both of us fired. <laughs> have, have, you, have, have, you ever, have you ever been like that, my brothers and sisters? You, you, you probably might say, I may, not, I may not have on a gorilla suit, I may not have on sheepskin, but have you ever put on something else and tried to be somebody or something that God has not created you to be? 
My brothers and sisters, can I let you, my, let you know something that we cannot get access granted when we're trying and portraying to be someone or something else that God has not created us to be? Now, now you may, may be hearing me talking about this real ID that's coming out in 2023, but, but there's also something known as counterfeit identities. Counterfeit identities is something that only comes from the world. It's an identity that looks easier. It looks profitable. It looks glamorous. But, but having a counterfeit identity will get you to the point where you're constantly trying to figure out who you really are. The, the definition for counterfeit is not genuine. It's a copy which is intended to deceive. Well, if I can break it down for those of you who have been saved all your life, counterfeit identities is simply a fake ID. And a fake ID is simply used to someone else's identity to get you into places where you don't belong. Have you ever used a fake ID? Have you ever used a, a counterfeit identity trying to be someone else that God has not created you to be? But I believe that when we encounter Jesus, he gives us the opportunity to turn in our old identity and embrace the new, which then gives us access to life change. There's the woman in the Bible, and the Bible tells us she encountered Jesus and saw her life change. She was known as the woman with the issue of blood. She had been suffering for 12 years with a bleeding condition. According to the Mosaic law, a woman suffering from menstrual disorder was to be considered ceremonially unclean. That means they would have a ceremony that would validate her as an unclean woman. This means that whenever she left her house, she would have to scream, unclean, unclean. Now, 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 listen, whenever she left her house, she would have to scream, unclean, unclean. Hold on, the one with the sickness had to yell unclean to let everyone know that they knew something was wrong with themselves. Now, if I yell unclean, unclean, I'm telling you that what you say about me is all right and I agree with it. And the point is that many people today have gotten to a point in their life where we have become in agreement with other people's assessment of what they say we are. And many times right now, many the, the identities that we have accepted is not the identity that people put on us. I mean, it's not the identity that God put on us. It's the identity that people put on us. And God is asking you, what is the identity that you have accepted? The question here, now Jacob says, here, he says, my name is Jacob. This man in the text in verse 27, the man says, who's wrestling with him, he said, what is your name? I find it amazing that this man, a divine manifestation, who is Jesus in the flesh in the Old Testament, is the one who is the answer, asks us the question, while already knowing the answer, he asks us the question, what is your name? I come to understand that this is the second time that Jacob has asked his name. The first time he's asked his name, the Bible says that he was when he stole the birthright from his father. The second time he's asked his name is now the scene of our text. The Bible says he's asked him, what is your name? And he says, my name is Jacob. As I sat and I read the previous chapters, I come to understand that Jacob was ashamed about his name and about his past. Now I come to recognize that the Lord already knew Jacob's name, but I believe he wanted him to pronounce his name so he could admit who he was so he can receive who God wanted him to be. 
I have learned that faith requires us to admit who we are before we can receive who he is. Let me say that one more time. I have learned in faith that it requires us to admit who we are before we can accept who he is. Preach, Rodney, thank you. That is what God wants us to do. So, so not only do we need to confess the identity that we accepted, number two, we need to embrace the, our new identity. Everybody shall embrace our new identity. Romans 6, 6 says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that our body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we shall no longer be slaves of sin. Ephesians 4, through 24 says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude. Put on your new nature, your new self created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters, that you don't find your identity, you discover your identity. Let me say that one more time. You don't find your identity, you discover your identity. Because finding your identity will sometimes cause you to look in the wrong places. But when you encounter Jesus, you will discover your identity in him who's already in you. There's a story about this, this bike. And this, 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 this young man, he created this bike and made this bike. And this is what he did. And this is the, the, the craftsmanship of this young man. He created this bike. And so one day he created this bike. And this bike said, you know what? I no longer want to be a bike. I want to go out and find out who I'm really created to be. So he went out one day and he got out and he saw that there was a mailbox. And he sat beside the mailbox. And he said, you know what? I'm going to be a mailbox. I'm going to sit right here and wait till the mailman comes and he's going to put mail right in my bike. And so the mailman comes and, and passes right by the bike and puts the mail in the mailbox and keeps on going, and the bike gets sad. So then later on, the bike then sees that there's a stoplight, and he says, okay, I'm going to be the, like the stoplight. I'm going to go there, and whenever I stand there, people are going to go, and they're going to stop just because I'm there. So the bike went to the stoplight, and he stood there, and, and he said, okay, he told the people, stop. And the people just kept on driving right past him. And he got sad and he said, how in the world am I supposed to be a stoplight? I, I really don't know. And so this, this, this bike went from here to here to here, trying to find out what he could be. And one day, this little boy comes up to the, to the bike and says, hey, if you ever want to know what you've been created to do, you need to go back to the one who made you in the first place. Can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters, in order for us to embrace the identity that God has given to us, we need to go back to the man who created us in the first place. So you may ask, Pastor Rodney, how do I discover my new identity and embrace it? I'm glad you asked. You need to go back to the one who created you. When we live out our identity based on how God sees us, we no longer need to feel the need to find our worth in external circumstances. Because when we find our identity in Christ, it frees us to live confidently in him instead of changing who we are based on other people's opinions, our professions, our successes, how we see ourselves, what political party we're in. We just need to be who God has called us to be. 
You know, many years ago, I had to go to Maryland, and, and when I was in Maryland, I needed to get my, my new ID because it expired. And so when I need to get this ID, so I brought all my proper paperwork to go and get my ID. And so when I got there, I stood in this long line, and I, as I stood in the line, I got to the desk, and this lady, uh, I knew uh, I had to uh, uh, be real nice and, and act like I was saved because uh, she wasn't acting like she was saved. So, so, so when I got up there, I knew that this was going to be interesting, so I turned in my paperwork work and and I said I need a new uh, ID she said sir uh, I need a photo ID of you uh, and I said well ma'am uh, I said I don't have anything I, I I am Rodney Carter she says I know you Rodney Carter uh, 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 but but the people in the back don't know you Rodney Carter so so I need some proof that you're Rodney Carter so so I went away sad so the next day I came back and uh, I, I went back and I had my proper paperwork and I saw this guy and he looked like he'd been saved for about a day and so so, so, so I went there and I, and I turned in my paperwork and he said, sir, I need a photo ID. And so at that time, I had business cards and they had my picture on it. It said Reverend Rodney Carter. So I gave it to him and he said, sir, I know you're a man of the cloth, but I need something real. Uh, this, this, this is not going to cut it. I, I need something real. And I, I said, well, I'm Rodney Carter. He says, uh, I know you, 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 you know you're Rodney Carter, but, but the people in the back don't know that you're Rodney Carter. And I got a little flustered. I almost lost my religion. I, I, I said, I, said I, I, I just want my ID. That's all I wanted. So, so I saw my dad in the corner of my eyes. I said, you know what, dad, come here. And I called my dad here. And, then, and I said, we have the same name. He's Rodney L. Carter Sr. I'm Rodney L. Carter Jr. They said, that's all we needed. They said, because on your birth certificate, it says who your father is so he can authenticate the you're Rodney Carter. Can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters, you don't have to run to the right, run to the left, run to people, run to politics, run to your uh, uh, what, what people are trying to prove you as. All you have to do is go back to your father because he's already authenticated in his word that you are his child and you're everything he's called you to be. That's, that's the thing. That's the thing that I stand on. That's the thing that I hold on to. Jacob here, he admits his name. And the reality is he's admitting who he is. He's admitting the shame when he's admitting his name. He's admitting his past when he admits his name. And once Jacob admits his name and who he was, Jesus says, you're no longer Jacob, but you're now Israel. Here we see Jacob confessing his identity and that he accepted and embracing his new identity. You know, the U.S. federal law is asking everyone to get this new ID. And I'm, I'm wondering why in the world do I need to get this new ID? Because as I look at this ID, it looks pretty real to me. It, 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 it's a little shiny. I can see that there's some things on it. This is, this is a good ID. What makes this ID totally different? From the other IDs. I did my research and I, I looked at my wife. She has a real ID, so I must have a false ID. So, so I looked at her ID and I said, I said, what makes your ID different from my ID? The difference between this, 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 this old ID and the real ID is that the real ID has a mark on it. Y'all missed it right there. I, that, that was your place to give God praise. But the difference between the old ID and the new ID is that the new ID has a mark on it. I've come to tell you something, my brothers and sisters. As long as you're living in your old identity, you won't have a mark. But as soon as you give your heart over to Jesus and encounter Jesus and accept him and get your real ID, God said, I will put my mark on your life. Oh, there, y'all not... 
I said, I said, God will put his mark on your life. He said, I will mark you as a child of God. I will mark you as blessed. I will mark you as a royal priesthood. I will mark you as one who's been favored by God. I will mark you as one who's above and who's not beneath. I will mark you as a victor and not a victim. I will mark you as a new creation. I will mark you as one who's been redeemed by God. And I, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that when I've been marked by God, that means I've been marked by his blood. That means no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Because I'm marked by God, that means I am healed. Because I'm marked by God, that means I am whole. Because I'm marked by God, that means I am rescued. Because I'm marked by God, I am loved, I'm redeemed, I'm accepted, I'm free, I'm whole, and I'm saved. Can somebody give God praise because you've been marked? You, you, you've been marked by God. So, so not only do we need to confess the identity we accepted and embrace our new identity, lastly, we need, then need to recognize the change. Everybody shall recognize the change. Now, 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 the Bible shows us that after Jacob begins to finish wrestling with Jesus, he then receives a name change. Now, now, remember, I told you that names were not given to oppressed parents but names were given to express one's character. Here we see Jacob not only gets a new name, but he gets a character change. The Bible tells us that after he wrestles with Jesus, the Bible says, he says, your name will no longer be called Jacob, but your name will now become Israel. The Bible then tells us that when he leaves the wrestling match, the Bible says he's walking away with a limp. And whenever he walks away with a limp, if someone asks him, well, why are you walking with a limp? He simply says, I encountered Jesus. Now, if you look at your ID, the thing about your ID is that it shows your name, but it also has your physical appearance. Every time you get a new ID, you have to take a new picture because your appearance changes. Because your appearance changes, you need a new ID. What are you saying, Pastor Rodney? When God changes your name, he not only gives you a real ID, but he says, I'm also going to change your appearance. Many times, many times we say, God, I want you to change me. But the reality is, the reality is many of us are trying to change ourselves from the outside in. That's what Jacob tried to do his entire life. He tried to change himself from the outside in. But can I tell you something, my brothers and sisters? The world trying to change you from the outside in is not going to work. God says, I'm able to change you from the inside out. And the change that I have inside of you will change your world. The reality is, my brothers and sisters, if we want this real ID, we need to confess, we need to embrace, and then we need to recognize. There may be somebody here today and you may say, Pastor Rodney, I have been living with this false identity my entire life. I really don't know who I am. I really don't even know whose I am. I come to tell you today, my brothers and sisters, you don't have to live a life of trying to wonder who you are. You can just open up this, this, this book here and recognize that you have a new identity. All you have to do is confess the false identity that you have accepted and open up the word and see what he's called you to be and embrace this. And he says, watch how it change your life. 
That's what the real idea is. The real idea is understanding that God can take your mess and turn you into his message. My brothers and sisters, as we get ready with this new series, Real ID, if you want life change, the way you get access to it is by turning away, accepting, and living it out. Every eye closed, every heart open. There may be someone here today and you've never put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. He's the best thing that could ever happen to you. Confess, embrace, and live it out. That's what salvation is all about. <laughs> you confessing that you're a sinner, that you can't do it on your own. And embracing that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord. And he says, when you do that, he said, you will be given access granted to life change. He says, it's not our love for him, but it's his love for us that he gave his only begotten son. That we may have life and have it that more abundantly. All he simply asks you to do is confess, embrace, and live it out. If you never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Lord, if you want to come back to the Father and embrace that identity that you once left behind, I ask you to pray this prayer. And everyone, we can pray this prayer together. Say, Father, I come in your Son's name, in need of you. I recognize that I have accepted a false identity. And today, I recognize I am a sinner in need of the real ID. And today, I accept my new identity. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And today, I believe I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved. Come on, can we give God a shout of praise? Amen. As we get ready to leave this morning, I want to encourage you. As you look at your ID, I want you to just look at it. And I can tell you today, that got this done in one. 2019, this was issued. This is 2021. What I look like in 2019, I didn't have a haircut then, I, I, that's really bad. But, 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 but this, I don't look like this anymore. At this time, I was a single guy. No, I just got married. This is December. I just got married. Now I'm two years in, or oh, almost two years in, I'm messing up. <laughs> my wife's outside watching me. I got a baby now, my life has changed. But my question to you today is can you see the change that God has brought in your life? And when God brings a change into our life, he didn't just bring the change to our life just to keep to ourselves. I love how they sing the song, shout it out, scream it from the mountaintop. And what does that mean? That means I now have the right and the responsibility to go out and tell somebody else that if he changed my life, he can change your life too. Can I tell you that this is your homework? 
I need you to go out and find somebody who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and let them know that there's a real ID that they can have and that they can be free in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God a shout of praise? Amen. Amen. We're grateful. We're grateful that you come and visit with us this morning. If this is your very first time here, or if you've been attending for a while and you have not gotten connected, we want to invite you to a room right after service. We're getting ready to go. We invite you to the room called Connections. Uh, we have some refreshments back there for you. We just want to say hello, get to know you, just to say thank you so much for coming. And if you accepted Jesus Christ for the very first time, uh, we would love for you to go back there. We would love to be able to give you some information because we want to help you with your next step. So we're grateful. We hope to see you next week as we start part two of The Real ID. God bless you. See you next week. God bless you. Thank you so much.